Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. It's at this point in the year that Gus and I become emperors in the Roman Colosseum. We sit back, we relax, we have women feeding us grapes in our mouth, and we enjoy the games tomorrow at noon. Welcome to the Screen the Screener Podcast where we talk all things NCAA basketball with you. Mike Randall here, joining me, Gus Kearns. We've broken down the brackets. We've given you our picks. Tonight, we are giving you our championship game, final two, and our overall champion. And we're also going to go game by game in the opening round and talk about the lines. My friend, how you doing? Couldn't be better. We're one day away from possibly one of the best days of the year. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for your personal consumption of the Screen the Screener podcast. We are manufacturing this particular basketball podcast listening adventure uh, on March 15th. We have a few few playing games to take in. We have a few lines to analyze, and we have a few final four picks to get to. Thank you so much for plugging us into your commute to and fro. Thank you for plugging us into your earbuds. Thank you, as always, for giving Screen the Screener a little part of your week and carving out time to put us into your brain. We are always thankful, always so humbled, honestly honored to check chat NCA hoops with you, Mike, and our ever-increasing audience out there. Uh, we have a couple of special ahoys out there. We want to say ahoy out there, Jill Flame. Jill Flame, thank you for tuning in to each one of the Screen the Screener podcasts However you choose to consume it, whether it be while you're eating dinner, whether it be on your commute to and fro, whether you're working out. Thank you, Jill Flame, to you and your family for listening to the Screen the Screener podcast. Cheers out there. We also want to say ahoy out there at NLN Campbell. Go Wolfpack, baby. You know what I'm talking about. And we also want to say ahoy out there to our guy, Dave Holiday. We just want to say go Dukes. Salancha and Gratulatia. Happy to have you all tune in. Mike, let's get this thing rolling for the listeners and give them a quick rundown of our final four picks and what we're feeling on a couple of lines. All right, we'll do a three-part podcast here, folks, as we get ready for the best day of the year tomorrow. March Madness begins in full besides the first four games. Let's take a look, Gus, at those first four games right now. We'll do a quick, quick summary. Yesterday we talked about the two games that were big. We had the Mount with a big one-point win, and we had Kansas State in a very high-scoring game with a win, so they're looking to play Gus Cincinnati in the south bracket coming up tomorrow. Okay, so here are my two cents on this. Number one, what else do we want from an opening round game besides Mount St. Mary's and New Orleans with a one-point game with the last possession in doubt? Congratulations to Mount St. Mary's. Totally amazing that they go ahead and pull this game out. I can't believe that they overcame, because I think New Orleans was the favor. The, the favored team in this particular matchup. Yep, by one, yep. And I think, you know, we talked about Junior Robinson, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. Dude went off for 23. Ankle what taker. Else do you, what else do you want from an under six-foot point guard in a big-time game? Big props to uh, Junior Robinson. He played all 40 minutes. Miles Wilson also put up some numbers. He went for a double-double. He went for 17 and 11. Mount St. Mary's? I hope that you enjoy what comes next for you guys and you guys getting to play a number one seed in the NCAA tournament and you guys getting a little pub, a little press, a little TV time on CBS, the network of stars. Congratulations, Mount St. Mary's. Really impressed with the win. 
unbelievable opening round game. It shouldn't be underrated. It shouldn't be overlooked. The fact that it was a last possession game. I think you guys started off the tournament the exact right way. And tonight we had UC Davis with a 67-63 win over North Carolina Central. And as we speak, we have Providence trying to hold on. They had a big 15-point lead to have over USC. They're up 60-55, the under-8 timeout. The winner to play your SMU Mustangs. Okay, so I'm a little worried about that game because, as you guys know, since you listened to the last couple of podcasts, you heard Mike's predictions, you heard my predictions. I have SMU going to the Final Four. The fact that they have to get through the playing game might be one of the trickiest hurdles that they need to get over. We also wanted to say unbelievable game for the 16-16 game uh, tonight with uh, UNC. Uh, I'm sorry, with uh, NC Central and UC Davis. Last possession game, of of course. You had Graf with a chance to tie the game with a three in the corner with about seven seconds to play. I mean, we got drama all over the place. The fact that the USC Providence game is probably going to go down to the wire as well is really cool. And you know what? I think Kansas State put a little fear in some people. And it was cool to hear uh, Coach Weber say after the game in the presser or maybe in the locker room even that we just wanted to let people to know who the hell we are. Sorry for the bad word there. But it was nice to hear a coach go ahead and coach his team up because he wanted people to know the talent, the personalities, and the student-athletes on that team. Really cool. So let's hope that the USC-Providence game finishes just the same way that those other games finished. And first four, thank you. We love having these first four games these two days to get us prepped, to get us ready for the real deal coming tomorrow. All right, Gus. So now let's get into the lines. You have been the fishy line master here. You, Gosh, I, I, what's your, I think you're like 25 and 10 or something like that. What uh, are you at? Let, let, let's call it what it is. I'm 25 and 13. Wow. We did not pay attention to the fishy lines at the end of the conference season and the tournament schedule simply because we were trying to give a lot of energy to the podcast. We can give a little energy to it here. I, I'd be lying if I told you I was really locked into any of these games. Perhaps our next podcast on the next round going into the next weekend, we'll give a little bit further time to it. But I really feel like I have to do some due diligence and do some studying on this. And because we tried to pump out a whole bunch of good podcasts for you guys, I just did not have the time and the window of energy and the effort to go ahead and give these. So I'm going to give you what I got here. Mike's going to give you what he's got. Take as you will. You know, if if needed, just reflect back upon the last two podcasts we gave you with our bracket previews if you're unsure of something. Yeah, and I think what you're going to see here, folks, is, of course, we like the teams that we like. We made those picks. We feel confident in them. But certainly the lines could could throw us a little bit because we could like a team to cover that we think is going to win. We'll do these rapid fire style. So we have 32 games, folks. We're going to go rapid style. So we're not looking to do more than like 30 seconds on each game. We're going to have a Thursday and Friday. We are not going to give you a pod on Thursday and Friday. So we're going to let you enjoy the first round game. So this should carry you through. Gus, are you ready? I will do these in chronological order from when they're going to be played tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, sure. Let's do it that way. I like that way. And I like to clue the people in also in case you wonder, since this is the greatest day of the year, what Gus and I do. It's been a, oh, yeah, very good, Mike Riddle. Please clue people in. It's been a tradition for basically 17 years now where we go to the same place. It's Tiffany's Restaurant in New Jersey. And we go out there, and it's owned by Tony Siragusa. And they got TVs all over the place. It's a real special time. So we head out there. We watch the games all day long on Thursday. We can't wait. 
and then we enjoy them into the evening. So it's been sort of tradition. A bunch of us get together. We'll have six, seven, eight guys there talking about the games, having a great time. So we will be there tomorrow. We'll try to send you some tweets and some pictures of the wings and the stuff we got going on. Really looking forward <laughs> to it. So chronolog- maybe we'll skip the, the the tweet pictures of the wings and just you know. Maybe send like a, an awesome text after an awesome game. That, that I think that's all we're looking for. I don't know if people need to see the wings. Well, maybe they need to see a picture of me from from the uh, from a headshot from behind when St. Mary's uh, beats VCU at seven twenty. How about that? Uh, okay, that might be appropriate. All right, here we go, Gus. We'll go uh, start right in order, and then give me your your ten fifteen second opinion on each one. Here we go. Notre Dame's going to kick it off against Princeton. Notre Dame is favored by seven points. Yeah, it sounds about perfectly right. Um, the metrics do like uh, Proven- uh, do like uh, Princeton as an underdog here. However, I just think that Notre Dame is playing really well. I think they're playing much better defensively. So give me Notre Dame to cover here. Totally agree. Notre Dame's going to cover. This is not going to be an upset. Don't pick it. 12.40 p.m. Down screen, back screen, Jack Salt. Take it easy. Virginia minus 8.5 over UNC Wilmington. Look. We always say with UNC it's going to be tough for them to cover because of their pace of play. I think nothing changes here. I would say this might be a seven-point game. Give me Wilmington to cover, but but UVA to win. No no surprise here. I like UNC Wilmington to win, so I'll certainly take the eight and a half gladly. 1.30 p.m. Gus Butler, 23-8 versus Winthrop, 26-6. Butler is favored by 11 points. Give me Butler to cover here. I bet a whole bunch of people are going to take Winthrop here to not only cover, but also to win outright. But I like Butler to win here big, and I like Butler to advance. I like Winthrop to win the game outright. I'll take the 11 points. I just think Butler's going to continue. If we play the Cleveland Cavs, we're going to win the game. If we play a high school team, we're going to lose. So I'll take the 11. And here we go, my friend. It all starts here. Gonzaga, South Dakota. Gonzaga minus a big one, 22 and a half. You know what? I feel like... I feel like Gonzaga is going to fall into like a 17, 18-ish point win. So can I take Gonzaga to win but not to cover in this particular game? Maybe Mike Dom puts up a whole bunch of points and keeps it close. But Gonzaga wins comfortably by 16. Interesting. I'll take Gonzaga. I find that they when have had a big spreads, they've usually covered. Interesting. I will take Gonzaga. I think they will win this game going away. I don't think South Dakota can stay up with the offense. Interesting. 245, West Virginia, Bucknell, West Virginia by two touchdowns, 14 points. Really? Yep. That seems very large to me. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know what I'm going to say? Give me Bucknell because wow. I wasn't aware of that particular spread. I guess it seems about right. How about, the, how about, how about West Virginia wins by about 12? I will actually give the points here. I don't think Bucknell is as strong as they've been in the past. I think West Virginia knows that they're going to be on upset watch, even if Austin last year. I think they come out right the ship. I will give the 14, and I hate giving points. You know that. Uh, I, yes, I know. I, I know that you hate to uh, give. Because anybody can beat anybody. Uh, Florida, Gus, is minus 10. 10-point 10 favorite over East Tennessee State and Mr. Cromer. You know what? This is pretty close, too. You said, you said 10? It was 10. Yeah, you know what? Give me Florida to cover this one for sure. I think that they win by about 15 going away. I think it'll be close in the first half, but give me Florida to cover for sure. Uh, give me uh, give me Cromer and the 10, and uh, let's see if we can hang the upset on there, East Tennessee State. I'll take, uh, I'll take the 10 points. This one is moved, Gus. Interesting. Give me your thoughts. Minnesota is now favored by one over Middle Tennessee State, so that means a lot of money is coming in on Minnesota because Middle yeah. Tennessee was favored by one. 
Yeah, I get I get the move in the money line. I I understand the move in the spread. But if we look really closely at this, Middle Tennessee State has been good all year. You know, it's a pick'em game. It's a coin flip game. And if we're gonna go for the coin flip game, give me Middle Tennessee State. I don't think there's any I don't I don't think that like sways me at all. I don't think that the, the move in the line sways my opinion on this game whatsoever. Totally agree. I like Middle Tennessee State. You know, we're two junkies here. We've watched all these games. I am not intimidated by Las Vegas. Give me uh, Middle Tennessee State, and I'll take the one gladly. Next, 430, Gus Northwestern versus Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, the nine seed, favored by one over Northwestern. Yeah, it makes sense. I understand where they're going there. Um, I'm going to stick with my original pick in our bracket uh, breakdown. I think Northwestern just might be out of steam. Please give me Vandy. You know, you made so many great arguments when you did your bracket breakdown pick, and you, I'll define a great argument as you said something that I picked against, and I go, ugh. <laughs> and one of those things that you said was, Northwestern has used so much energy to get to this point. I just don't know if they have it in them. Listen, I'm going to take Northwestern, and I'll take the one point, which is really useless because it's not going to be a tie game. Uh, but I, I, you, your lock here, your take, I like a lot. But I will take Northwestern and grab the one, but I would not bet it. I'm nervous on it. Yeah, I, I think if you're if you're gambling on that game, Leave it alone and just pick something else to gamble on. Uh, six fifty Maryland favored by only two against Xavier. Six eleven game. Yeah, and it makes sense. Uh, and because they're favored, I like Xavier in this game. Give me Xavier not only to cover but for the outright win. I'll take uh, the best player in the four, Melo, and he's going to have to be big because Xavier has that grittiness right now. Chris Mack is doing one of his best coaching jobs. Gus, we're going to skip the Villanova-Mount St. Mary's game because I don't have the line right here. Very good. Uh, 720 game, St. Mary's minus 4.5 over VCU. That is about as frisky a line as can be because the 710 game should be about four points, right, Gus? That's about where it should be. So I don't think the line really tells us anything here. No, I don't think it reveals anything either, but I do think that the metrics really like St. Mary's. The metrics are not in love with VCU. Uh, So I'm going to say give me St. Mary's to cover here. I think that it's going to be, I think they're going to cover going away, and I think it's going to be seven, eight points, nine point game. You know, the reason I pick VCU, I want to explain this. It's not just, listen, I can be objective, and I don't have take lock. We know that. I like St. Mary's. I just think their metrics are are bolstered by playing in a weak conference. Mm. And I just have been really impressed with Jaquan Lewis when I've seen him. I've been like, wow, that's a big three. I think they played Louisville in Atlantis earlier this year. I'm like, whoa, he's pretty good. Whoa, he's pretty good. Will Wade's a good coach. I'm really not that against St. Mary's, but I just love Jaquan Lewis, and I think VCU gets the upset, so I'll take the four and a half. I, you know what? Again, this is one of my locks. I love St. Mary's, and I love the I love the spread here with St. Mary's, too. Uh, next, 727. Big one for me, and for both of us, really. Biggie, biggie, biggie. Can't you see? Purdue, yeah. minus eight and a half over Vermont. That is a 4-13 game, which means eight is just about right. It sure does sound about right, doesn't it? Here's what I'm going to say. I think if you're going to, you know, you're, you're king of like these first round, uh, I'm sorry, for first half bets. I bet if you, there was some sort of first half spread on this, you would take it. Give me Purdue pulling away late. Uh, I bet that they cover. This, I'm going to say this game reminds me of something. So listen, Vegas is Vegas, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, they're, that, that we know more than Vegas. But I do think when it comes to college basketball, we can match wits with the stratosphere, we can match wits with Mandalay Bay. Here's my point. Iowa State played North Carolina Central a few years ago. 
it was it was 2014. It was the year when they, I believe, were a four seed, and I was really nervous about that game because I thought they could really make a run in the tournament. But Niang fractured his foot, and they totally lost. remember that game. I believe that game took place in Madison Square Garden. Uh, not the. They eventually got to Madison Square Garden against uh, against UConn. Okay. But that, that game was early on, and the only reason okay. I remember it is because I was so invested in Iowa State that the line kept dropping, mm. and they dropped the North Carolina Central line from 12 to 10 to 9 to 8, and Iowa State won going away, even with Niang. So, you know, sometimes these big lines can be wrong. In this case, listen, I think Purdue is not going to be in a close game with Vermont. I like Purdue. They lost last year to Arkansas Little Rock in horrific fashion. I think they're going to come out and, and pull away. So I'll, I'll give the eight and a half as well. I agree. I'm going to give it as well. Uh, 920, Florida State, minus 12, Florida, Gulf, Coast. How about this? I think it's going to be closer than the spread. I think Florida, Gulf, Coast keeps them around. Florida State with the win. However, they do not cover against their interstate uh, rival, Florida, Gulf, Coast. Game is in Orlando. I like Florida, Gulf, Coast to win, so I'll take the 12. Gus, I know how you feel about this. I feel strongly, because I think you pricked it, so I think you agree. The winner of this game, put them in the Sweet 16. Because I don't think Maryland or Xavier is winning the next game. So, folks, if you like Florida State like Gus does, which is very reasonable, put them through. Don't even worry about that second game because they're not not losing to Maryland or Xavier. So I think the winner of this game gets two games. We're on different ends. means one of us will be right. Right, my friend? Uh, (laughs) You know, we we, we should really isolate a couple of these games for you and I, and we should put, like, something on each one of these games. It might just be, like, between you and I, but maybe we can include the listeners as well. But I think we do need to isolate maybe three or four of these games and just go head-to-head. That's a good one on Twitter. Yeah, that's a good one on Twitter. That's one to put. Game about to start, Gus and Mike at at opposite ends of the spectrum. A bunch of hot wings on the the line here. Uh, 940. Wisconsin versus Virginia Tech. Wisconsin favored by five. Big spread for an 8-9 game. Interesting. Really? Yep. Five points? Are they begging you to take Virginia Tech? They sure are. So you know what that means, people. We do the opposite. That's right. We turn around and go the other way. What did you say, five? Five. Yeah, take Wisconsin. Me too. I'll give it in a heartbeat. No, thank you. Easy win for Wisconsin. I agree. 950, Mr. Trier, Arizona, minus 16.5 over North Dakota. Like I said, on our bracket breakdown, I think this is going to be the biggest blowout of the first round. So give me Arizona to cover, please. I mean, I, I don't think there's any, any chance that they have a shot to keep this within 20. As the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air used to say, smell you later. Arizona wins big. And the last game, a great one. A great one. We will be together for this one, my friend. Iowa State, Nevada. Iowa yes. State by six and a half over Nevada. Uh, you know which way I'm going here, people. Uh, give me Nevada. Give me with a huge upset. I can't believe it. Is this really happening Thursday? 9.55 p.m. Tim. Uh, that is great that this is the last game on Thursday. I'm so glad we're going to take this in together, Mike Randall. Beautiful. Uh, I will take Nevada also. Give me the six and a half. I do have Iowa State winning. Really? I loved your logic on this. You started to swing me. You convinced me. I'm in a jury box. I'm going with you as the attorney. I think Iowa State wins because I'm going to stay on the pick, but Nevada's an issue. Give me the six and a half. Very good. Fabulous. Let's move uh, right into Friday. Sound good? Yeah, let's roll to Friday. Oh, it kicks off with a big one for me because I got him going to the Elite Eight. Michigan at 12-15 minus two against Oklahoma State. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, I feel like this is kind of a pick game. I think you can go either way with this. I don't think that there's going to be like one way or another. So because I feel like it's going to be a pick game, give me Oklahoma State and those couple of points, please. 
really into Michigan. I wish they had lost in the Big Ten tournament. I do. I told you that privately because I think they can get hot. They have guards. They have Wagner inside. They have a great coach. I haven't seen the defense from Oak State. And by the way, I don't see the big wins on their resume really on the road. Mm -hmm. I know they won at West Virginia, but you know my thoughts on that. So I'll take Michigan minus two. Okay, so we're head-to-head there. I like that. Yeah, 1240. This would shock me, this loss. Baylor minus 12 against New Mexico State. I think Baylor rolls. Minus 12. You know what? The pace of play might come into into, uh, play here with – Baylor playing at a very, very, you know, slow pace, snail's pace. Um, New Mexico State did have one of the longest winning streaks rolling this particular year. How about this? How about we give New Mexico State a chance to cover here? I'm going to say let's have them cover maybe Baylor by 10. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, Arkansas Seton Hall, coin flip game for me. Hardest one for me to pick in the first round. Totally. Arkansas is minus one, Gus, over Seton Hall. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you know what I'm going to say? Give me Arkansas and the point. Next up, interested, score uh, defense is optional. Oregon, minus 14.5 over Iona. I think this is a high-scoring game, and I think Oregon will pull away a lot, a la Iowa State, Iona last year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. You wanna, you're rooting for Iona to hang around, right? What's it, what, Give me the number again, please. 14.5. Yeah, that's, that's high. It's really high. Oregon's really good. I think Oregon covers and pulls away in the second half. 2.45 p.m., Louisville versus Jacksonville State. Louisville by 20 and a half. Yikes. I think this falls into the category of the Arizona game. Maybe uh, that line sounds just about right, but give me Louisville to pull away later. Maybe it looks like a 23-point win, but it's 10 with 15 minutes to play. How's that sound? Can't give you an argument on why Jacksonville State with cover. I agree with you. I'll take Louisville. Yeah. SMU, Providence, South Carolina game, uh, Southern Cal game rather, is not out yet. Uh, I will give you an in-podcast update. Sure. USC right. has made a huge comeback. They were up seven with a minute 20 left. What a comeback for USC. Wow. Up 71-64. Yes. Great job out of the Trojans. Great job out of Andy Enfield. I bet Boatwright and McLaughlin are, are leading the charge there. I, I, I'm not looking at anything while we're podcasting, but – I bet those two guys are going off. Yeah, and uh, I believe there's two people on this podcast who said USC is going to win this game and felt very strongly about it, my friend. Very good, yeah. We'll we'll take the wins when they happen. Yes, Boatwright has 24, McLaughlin has 16. There it is. Moving forward, Gus, we have Creighton, Rhode Island. Creighton's favored by one and a half. Really? Yep. There's no chance here. Give me Rhode Island. I'm I'm not entirely sure why they're favored by a point and a half. It seems like a little bit of a coin flip game. I understand that they're going to reflect back upon the metrics, but a lot of those metrics are included when uh, Mo Watson was in the lineup. So I'm going to say give me the hot team in Rhode Island here. Bingo, bango. In fact, it's a 6-11 game. I think they're begging you to take Creighton, so I will take Rhode Island. Kansas, North Carolina Central, not on the board. 7-10, Dayton, Wichita State. Gus, uh, I am worried. It was six when it opened, and it's yep. still six. They haven't moved it. It's almost nah. like they're telling you, come on in, baby, because we got this one locked. It's Wichita minus six. What do you got? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tell you straight away, the line probably should be bigger. Oh, oh. According to a bunch of the metrics that Mike and I pay attention to, the line should probably be a point or maybe even two points larger. So they are just inviting you to take Dayton to cover here because it's a 7-10 and the 10 is favored here. So that means 
unfortunately lean towards Wichita, but you guys know how I felt on my bro- uh, on my bracket breakdown. There is no chance that Dayton is going to get beat in this particular game. I feel very strongly about this. Give me Dayton not only to take the points, but also to win the game outright. I give you credit for sticking with it. My heart says Dayton. I'll be happy if I get this wrong. But between the metrics, as hot as Wichita State is, and the fact that Vegas is not moving that line, I am sorry. I'm going to stay with Wichita State. But in my heart, I'm rooting for Dayton because I love that team so much. I, I am too. And, and, and my, my head is telling me what in the world are you doing. But my heart is saying, go Flyers. We will sit in that game and I will openly root to be wrong and have you win that pick. Absolutely. No, 100%. Uh, Duke is 19 points over Troy. Any interest here? Nah, you know what? Again, I think this is one of those games that you just kind of leave alone because just because they've been so fishy and so inconsistent all year, you don't know if they're like they're going to get caught up in one of these games and then like it ends up being a 12-point game with seven minutes to go and then you're like worried about the line. So I'm going to say Troy covers. How about it be a 16-point win for Duke? Yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I'll take Duke. I have no reason to take Troy. Cincinnati, K-State, not up yet. How about Miami, Michigan State? A little bit invested in this game, my friend. Uh-huh. Miami's favored by two. Interesting, really. I guess I understand that, taking a peek at the metrics. Miami does have decent numbers on that side. However, Michigan State, uh, those numbers incorporate Michigan State when Bridges was out. I'm still going to say giving Michigan State here for the outright win, even though the numbers are pointing in Miami's direction. I will take Miami. I feel very strongly about this. I was just on the Talking with Sam podcast out of Detroit. He's a huge Michigan State guy. I don't see it, folks. I don't see freshman Nick Ward dominating Miami inside. I don't see Tum Tum Nair finally scoring. I don't see a team without Aaron Harris in limited depth. The freshmen have been spotty. Miles Bridges is fantastic. I think he should be number one pick in the draft. I really feel strongly here on Miami. This would rock me a little if I get it wrong, but I'll take Miami minus two. Three left. This is one of those games that we should probably wager something on because we're both so diverse on our picks here. Definitely. Definitely. We'll come up with something good. Uh, Yeah. Only uh, three left we got, Gus. Let's go. 940 game on Friday. Kentucky, Northern Kentucky. Kentucky by a 19 and a half. Yeah, you know what? I feel like Kentucky's been in this been in this position a number of times in the SEC, whether it be against Missouri or Georgia at home. And I feel like they just haven't covered. And I don't know why that would change now. So how about you give me Kentucky by about 15 and the Norse actually cover? I'm kind of yeah. with you on this. I like the Norse covering the rivalry game. You know, I'm a little shaky with Kentucky. I'll take Northern Kentucky as well in the North. Give me the 19 and a half. Give me like a 15-point win for Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds about right. Gamecocks at home in the comforts of their own state, only one and a half point favorite over Marquette. Mm-hmm. Again, on the bracket breakdown, I took Marquette outright for the win. I'm not going to change my my. I'm not going to change my tune now when we're picking against the spread. Uh, I think it's a coin flip game. I think both teams are live. I think both teams are really active. I think... It's a really diverse uh, contrast of styles with Marquette shooting the ball really well and uh, uh, South Carolina really defending. So I think I think Marquette's just going to make two more shots than South Carolina does, even though South Carolina is going to have the best player on the floor. I'll take South Carolina. I think this is a bad line. I think they're off on this one, and I, I think Marquette doesn't travel well. Let's end it. UCLA, Kent State. I'm sure the over we both would take. It's UCLA yeah. by 18. 18? Yep. Yeah. You know what? 
I think this is like a show out game for UCLA. I bet they put on a show and, and there's a couple of alley-oop dunks, ball with a 30-foot pull-up, uh, Leaf with a whole bunch of efficient 15-foot jumpers on the baseline. I think they're going to cover. I think it's like I think it turns into like a 25, 26, 27 point game for UCLA. Give me UCLA, and uh, I'm going to say give the points. All right, Gus, I'm going to go impromptu here really quick. You got a bracket in front of you? I do. Yeah. I'm just going to ask this. I want top of your head response. Last yeah. year, at this point, no one thought that Michigan State was going to lose. So last year, Middle Tennessee State 90, Michigan State 81. Gus, if I told you that a two seed lost in the next two days, who would you pick it to be? Great question, Mike Randall. You know who it is? It's Duke. Wow. I think Duke could get in a run and gun game with Troy, and it could just be a who's going to outscore who game, and they could forget how to play defense. So if we're going to pick one of the two seeds to lose, I think it's going to be Duke. Interesting. That's going to happen? No, not particularly this year, but then we didn't think it was going to happen last year either. Yep. If we had to pick one, that's my one to pick. Where do you think I'm going? Oh, I think you're going to Kentucky. You're exactly right. I'm going to Kentucky. Northern Kentucky. Monk has an off game. He was one of his two six points. Maybe Fox's ankle isn't great. Interstate rival. It would be nuts. I don't think it's going to happen, but if you made me pick, that would be it. Let me ask you one more, my friend, and then we'll get to the picks. Last year, no one at this point thought that Stephen F. Austin, or maybe some people did, you may have, in fact, that Stephen F. Austin was going to beat West Virginia, and they beat him 70-56, to by the way. Also worthy of note, Buffalo gave Miami all they can handle in that round as well, 79-72. If I told you a three-seed lost to a 14-seed, who would you pick? Okay. I think this one's pretty simple. I know that everybody is going to say Florida Gulf Coast over Florida State. But that is not the place to go, people. The place to go is one of the longest winning streaks in the nation this year by New Mexico State. Good one. Shakiness of number three, Baylor, and their slow pace of play. Because of the slow pace of play and the less possessions, that means that everything has to be spot on for Baylor to win if they get into a close game. And if they get into a close game, we've seen what happens with Manuel Comp being a little bit undersized as a point guard and getting pressured and not getting the ball where Baylor wants it to go on a final possession. We've also documented on this podcast where if they do get the ball where they want it to go, which is to Motley, he may have an issue getting the ball to the right place, whether it be a great shot on the post or a pass out for a three because we know that the double team and triple team is coming. Has he been schooled on that? Has he improved on that? Absolutely. But if we're going to go one place, I think that's the place. New Mexico State pulling the upset over number three, Baylor. Very good. You know where I'm going, Florida Gulf Coast, because I have it picked. All right, it's time, my friend. Before we head off and we tell the folks, enjoy the games tomorrow, let's reveal. I'll let you go first. Who is in your championship game and who is your 2017 NCAA national champion? Okay, here we go, listeners. We gave you the bracket breakdown earlier. Mike Randall did an outrageously great job. I was so impressed with how he ran down the bracket for you guys. He gave some radical picks. He gave absolute clarity to why he gave you those radical picks. Uh, so I was I, like, I went back and listened to it. I was like, oh man, that makes sense. I like that. That was a beautiful pick. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to the final fours. <sighs> okay. I'm going to start with the Midwest versus the South 
for the people. And just to review, I had Nevada versus Louisville to get to the final four. I took Louisville into the final four. Uh, to review in the South, I had a very chalky uh, final uh, Elite Eight. I had UNC and Kentucky. I'm going to start on the top with the Midwest, and I'm going to say this is where the ride ends for Nevada. They're going to go ahead. Louisville is going to go ahead and take them out and take on UNC, and I think UNC flips the script against Kentucky from earlier this season, so it's a little ACC rematch. I'm not exactly sure why I'm leaning this way, but I feel like Louisville's bigs and Donovan Mitchell are going to be the difference maker here, and Mitchell outplays Jackson, and Louisville advances to the championship game. So I've been on UNC's train all season. I'm getting off of the Final Four. Unbelievable back-to-back runs to the Final Four in the championship game for UNC. Part of my heart is rooting for the Tar Heels to go ahead and win the whole thing, but I'm going to give you guys Louisville to the final game. On the other side of my bracket, Uh, Just to review, in the East, I had a very radical selection of UVA versus SMU to get to the Final Four. I then took SMU to get to the Final Four. Everybody has to blow up one of their brackets. That's the bracket that I blew up and decided to go rogue. Down in the West, I went Florida State versus Gonzaga, and I gave Gonzaga the nod into the Final Four. So I have Gonzaga versus SMU. The size for Gonzaga is much too much much too large of an obstacle for SMU to come up, overcome. Head chef, Shemek Karnowski, has a big game, goes for 20-plus against SMU. Gonzaga advances to the final game against Louisville. And in that final game, it's strength versus strength. Louisville's bigs versus Gonzaga bigs. They can each run four great bigs out there. However, the difference is going to be in the backcourt. Like I've championed Perkins all year, Josh Perkins is an underrated athlete at the off-guard or point-guard position. He will match up unbelievably well with Snyder or Mitchell to D up either one, whichever one seems to be giving the Zags more problems that particular game. And then that gives the opportunity to Nigel Williams-Goss to go ahead and go off for another one of his signature stat-stuffer-type games. Also, Louisville cannot move. Shemek Karnowski out of the lane even with their length his size and girth is just a little too much Gonzaga is your 2017 national championship team like it can definitely happen very very solid folks to recap I got Duke in the east I got Arizona in the west I got Purdue in the midwest in an all big 10 elite eight matchup with Michigan and I got UNC in the south here we go Purdue plays UNC UNC has it all, folks. They have the bigs. They have the guards. They have the guy who shoots the ball or two of them with Barry and Jackson when the game's on the line. They have a great coach. They have depth. Enough. UNC wins. They're going to the finals, and they will play. Here's my thought. Say what you want about Arizona. They got four losses, Gus, on the season. They lost to Butler with no Trier. They lost 69-62 at a neutral site to Gonzaga. No Trier and no Jackson Parker Cartwright. No best player and no point guard. Mm -hmm. They then banged out 15 wins in a row before getting blitzed at Oregon in one of those just-everything-goes-in games, which teams can have. And they lost at home to UCLA in a revenge game after they won in UCLA, so that nullifies it to to me. And then they won the Pac-12 tourney. They are going to the national championship game. 
where they will play UNC. And if UNC was not here last year, I would give this to Arizona. I think Sean Miller gets the monkey off his back, but I think UNC is too balanced. They are hungry. They have pros all over the place. They have balance. They don't have a weakness. Give me North Carolina to be your national champion in a great game over the Arizona Wildcats. You know, that'd be awesome if Sean Miller gets to the Final Four and then actually makes a championship game. What else do you want from a coach that's kind of had that monkey on his back where he can't make it to a Final Four? That'd be really cool. He'll have a new huge contract like Quanzo Martin, who just left Cal to coach Missouri and got a seven-year deal. The password is job security. That's what Sean Miller have. Yep. Holy smokes. Uh, good, good, great hire out of Mizzou. I mean, what a st- I mean, no offense to Kim Anderson, but what a step up from Kim Anderson. He's going to recruit. He's going to make his player, players better like he did at Tennessee and at Cal. That's a superior hire for Missouri. Wow. Seven-year contract. So we're just waiting for the big markets uh, to come to us and give us a seven-year podcasting deal, and we'll be right there. Imagine us being on TV with Ponzo <laughs> Martin. That sounds okay. I like that. I like that plan, Mike Randall. We'd like to thank all our loyal fans. I'd like to say to London Parentis, it was never personal, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it. Thank you for listening, for, folks. Uh, we will be back in the next few days, do a recap for you. We sort of go out, we watch the games there, so it will not be Thursday or Friday. Could be looking at a Sunday-Monday podcast, probably Monday, where we recap all the games for you from the weekend and, and give you a nice breakdown. Uh, so we're coming strong on the next uh, couple weeks for you, but we've done a lot of work here. We've gone back-to-back. We're going to enjoy the games. Feel free to tweet us at SDS Podcast. Hit us uh, on, on, on Gmail, SDSPodcast at gmail.com. Listen to us, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, no. It's, it's, listen to us, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Thank you, folks, for listening. Thanks for everything. Gus, it's been a pleasure. We're here. We're still going strong. We're not saying goodbye, but I just feel a no. sense of relief, man. This is great. So I feel like this is like a, a partial finish line for Mike and I. We, we've made it to the Thursday for the games for you guys, the listeners. We've given you our final four predictions in our championship game. We gave you a couple thoughts on the lines. We gave you an, like a pretty extensive, intensive bracket breakdown. So each one, of, you know, each one of the listeners can take what they want from if you're a Mike fan, you take what Mike liked. If you're a Gus fan, you take what Gus liked. And then you can just combine those and then hopefully, you know, we help everybody dominate their office brackets and it'll at least give you some bragging rights against uh, some of your boys or some of your girls if you're if you're picking a game that might be a little bit off the radar. And we just want to say thank you, listeners. We're like Mike and I are kind of blown away and we're I mean, we use this word all the time, but it's really honest. We're honestly humbled by the attention and the, the the kind words that you guys are sending our way and just the the fact that you guys are into us giving you what we are into. It's really cool. It's a great equation. We hope to continue it moving forward. So thank you listeners out there. Uh, we want to say thank you for Bell, to Bell Jar for bringing us in and out the whole entire season. Thanks for sticking with us, boys. It's the perfect soundtrack for this particular podcast. And thank you to the technology department. The technology department has been busting its hump to get this podcast out to you guys each and every day that we've pumped it out and, you know, with all the bells and whistles in it. So thank you, technology department. You've been superior this entire crucial time for March Madness. Thank you, technology department. Technology. Smell you later, Virginia. 
Easy on that one, Mike Randall. <laughs> yeah, hey. I, want to, I want to thank everybody too. It's been great. Yeah. You know, we, we love the feedback. I got our guy at Olson Phil saying typical ballsy Randall on Twitter. We love it. This is who we are, folks. We're being real. That's the greatest gift you can give in life. We love basketball. We love talking. Our personalities are what we are. This is not you know fake for the podcast. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. It's been great. Bell Jar is here. The tournament tomorrow, Gus. I can't wait. Listeners, please enjoy the games as much as Mike and I will. Thank you so much for tuning in. We love you guys. Screen the screen. Shoot it, London!